Today on Blue 58, Matt LaFleur was brought to Green Bay to improve the Packers' offense. Seven games in, how's he doing? Blue 58! Hello and welcome to another episode of Blue 58, the one and only podcast to thepowersweep.com. I'm your host, John Muirdink. A little bit later than usual. This week has been a little bit weird in real life, and uh, as a result, Blue 58 has gotten bumped back. Our midweek episode is coming out, well, at the earliest for you. Thursday. It may be later whenever you get this, and I'm sorry about that. That's just going to be the way it is. The good news is you're going to get two episodes in relatively rapid succession because I'm going to record this episode, edit it, make sure it's good to go, upload it so it's in your feed immediately, then get right to work on the preview episode, which is going to be a little bit shorter this week. Just again, real life stuff getting in the way. Sometime we'll tell the entire story of what's gone on for me in 2019. It's been a weird, it's been a weird year. Not entirely bad, Got a, a new co-host, like we said, but uh, it's been it's been an interesting year. We got a really good question this week that I think is worth devoting an entire episode to. Reader and listener Scott asks via email, the Lafleur offense has started to tick in recent weeks, and Sunday marks the halfway point of the Packers' regular season, which seems an opportune time for some analysis. I agree. After seven games in 2018, we were 3-3-1, and and after eight games, we're 3-4-1. On Sunday, we have the opportunity to go to 7-1. Quite the turnaround. Again, I agree. But how has this happened? I'm interested in the offense under the new coach, the scheme, and mostly the same players. The defense has also improved, but with the same coach and scheme that this can be credited mainly to an injection of talent and free agency, the draft, and some lower-end roster improvements. Or is there more to it than this? A big factor of the past few weeks has been a number of different players catching the ball without Devontae Adams. We've seen Rodgers start spraying the ball around more, and not so much the receivers, but to tight end, running back, and fullback. So how is the change in scheme helping here? I remember you saying that Mike McCarthy's scheme relied on the players winning one-on-one where the Lafleur scheme is making the openings. So that's a bit of a long question. It's a good one, though, and there's a lot to unpack there. And this, incidentally, is why I want people to ask questions. This is a fantastic idea uh, to do at this point of the season that it escaped my, my brain. And uh, I'm glad that Scott brought it up because this gives us a, a good opportunity to look at a few things. Right off the bat, I don't think it's it's worth taking a whole lot of time to look at the defense because if you're looking at Matt LaFleur, the culture has something to do with it. Personnel gets into that. And uh, that's been a big part of the defense's turnaround, along with Mike Pettin um, having another year in on his scheme. I kind of want to focus on the offense, though, and I think there's two parts to looking at this offense. How is the scheme different, and how are the outcomes different? How is the scheme actually playing out on the field for the Packers? We're going to compare the Packers' numbers from 2018 and 2019 for a couple reasons. First, Doing the entire Mike McCarthy era would be too much time and might create more noise than signal. You want to make sure you're focusing on the actual things. We're just going to look at the last year of the McCarthy era and the first year of the Lafleur era. I also want to see the most stark change, so let's look at what is probably Mike McCarthy's worst year. And we also want to see if Mike McCarthy was actually that different from what the Packers are doing this year. You could maybe find some other years where there's a bigger contrast between what the Packers are doing this year and what the Packers did in the Mike McCarthy era. But that's not really the point. We want to see going from the end of one era to the beginning of another era. So we're going to look at the last year of McCarthy, the first year of LaFleur. First, let's talk about scheme. You can watch a lot of great stuff on on Twitter and YouTube about this. Look at stuff that the film guys are doing. Ben Fennell does a great job for The Athletic if you've got a, a subscription there. I'm not going to get into a lot of that stuff. But I think at the broadest level, 
we should see three main things more from the Packers this year than we did last year if they were going to truly be different. First, more running. Second, less shotgun. Third, more play action. This is a run-based scheme, so we should see more action on the ground for the Packers. Most good running happens from uh, when the quarterback is under center, so you should see less shotgun. And play action is also more effective when a quarterback is under center, so you should see more play action there too if that's where Aaron Rodgers is lining up more of the time. So, first question, more running. How did Mike McCarthy do in 2018? Well, last year the Packers ran the ball just under 700 times, counting Aaron Rodgers uh, and Deshaun Kaiser, or they threw the ball, excuse me, just under 700 times. Uh, if you include all their passing attempts and all the times they were sacked, and ran the ball just under 300 times. Roughly 70-30 breakdown. 70% of their called plays were passes, about 30% were runs. So far this year, just about 62% of Matt LaFleur's called plays have been passes, while 38% have been runs. Almost a a 10% difference, 8% difference uh, between last year and this year. I'd say that's a pretty significant change. And even accounting for situations in 2018 where the Packers were pretty much forced to pass because they were behind, I think that's a noteworthy change. The Packers are definitely running the ball more this year than they were last year. What about shotgun? In 2018, the Packers were in shotgun for about 713 snaps. Again, about 70% of their plays were out of shotgun. This year, that's again down about 8%, down to 62% of their plays out of shotgun so far. Just looking at Aaron Rodgers in 2018 versus 2019, uh, about 81% of the plays that he ran last year were out of the gun. Uh, This year, it's down uh, just with his passing attempts down to uh, 79%. So these are the just on throws, he's down about 2%. And then the question on play action. This one was a little bit harder to suss out, so we don't have super reliable plays, uh, play breakdowns this year. Uh, But according to football outsiders, 20% of the plays in 2018 that the Packers ran were play action. Uh, That was like sixth from the bottom, by the way. And then in 2019, 26% of Aaron Rodgers' dropbacks so far have been play action. Those are different stats from different sources, but it does look like more play action has been in, in, in the Packers' offense this year. The second part of the overall question uh, dealt with how personnel were being used. The second kind of, or the, this is kind of the realization of the scheme. So you're doing all these new things. You're running the ball more. You're getting out of the shotgun formation, or you're you're operating out of the shotgun formation less. You're using more play action. What are the actual results there, and how is this different from last year? And I think there's three ways we can look at this as well. First, how many people are getting involved? Second, who of those people are being used the most? And three, how are those people being used? First, how many people are getting involved in the Packers' offense? Understanding that you're going to have half a dozen or so guys every year that are going to end up with like one target or, or three targets or just they, they have a cameo so they're in there for eight carries or something over the course of the season. In 2018 though there were 11 players on the Packers offense who touched the ball uh, into double digits so they had at least 10 total runs and catches together. In 2019, just seven games in, eight players already have double-digit touches. Then we're on pace for 12 
considering that that's largely the same group of, of players, I think that's a noteworthy increase. Even if it is only one more guy, just getting one more guy involved to that extent, I think is noteworthy. Among those players, who then is being used the most? We track a stat that I call usage rate, um, and uh, that is basically a measure of how many plays a player, quote-unquote, uses. This comes straight over from the NBA. So in the NBA, you have a certain amount of times that you have the ball per game. They're called possessions. And you want to track how often a particular player is using one of those possessions. In the NBA, you use a possession by doing things like shooting the ball, uh, turning the ball over, or getting to the free throw line. In the NFL, usage rate is a little bit different. You don't have possessions. Well, you do have possessions, but you you have plays. That is the comparable thing uh, from the NFL to the NBA. So a player uses a play when he's targeted with a pass, carries the ball, throws an untargeted pass, is sacked, or throws an interception. Those are, the, those are the ways that you can use a play in the NFL. Last year, the Packers had a fairly even distribution among their top five players. Devontae Adams led the way last year using 15.7% of the Packers' plays. Aaron Jones was right behind him at 15.6%, and Jamal Williams had just a a shade over 15% of the Packers' plays. Rounding out the top five, you had Aaron Rodgers and Jimmy Graham as well. The top five this year is considerably different. So far this season, Aaron Jones has used just under 28% of the Packers' plays, and Jamal Williams has used just under 13% of the Packers' plays. You've got Aaron Rodgers in third place with uh, just under 10 then Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Devontae Adams. Now, obviously, this has been affected a little bit by both injury and suspension. Both seasons, in fact, have been affected by injury. Uh, not so much suspension this year. Uh, but I think there are a couple takeaways we can have here. The Packers are clearly more focused on running backs this season than they were in 2018. Last year, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams combined to use just under 31% of the Packers' plays on offense. They were not running their offense through their running backs. They were getting the ball primarily to Devontae Adams, and then uh, Jimmy Graham was in there as well. In 2019, uh, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams have accounted for just over 40% of the Packers' offensive plays. The Packers are running their ball or running their, their offense through their running backs, and I think that is making things easier for everyone else on the offense. Secondly, the Packers are a bit more top-heavy in 2019. In 2018, they had four players whose usage rates were 10% or higher. In 2019, they have just two, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. This is really good in one sense because Aaron Rodgers isn't being involved as much. He hasn't had to run as much. He's not getting sacked as much. Those are both really good things, and he's not throwing the ball his way as much. That's a that's another uh, key little hidden benefit of the offense this year. This is a little bit of a reason for concern, though, I think, because if Aaron Jones or Jamal Williams misses an extended amount of time, or God forbid they miss some time together, that's a significant amount of snaps the Packers have to account for. Where does the ball go in those situations? Now, we have seen a couple games where the Packers have had success basically just throwing the ball against the Raiders. They, they didn't run the ball that much, although it didn't get crazy out of whack either just because they didn't run that many plays. And then against the Eagles, they rolled up a ton of passing yards uh, because they, they could move the ball through the air, and it was nearly effective. They nearly won the game there, and if not for a couple 
uh, sketchy calls. Yes, Packers fans can complain about calls there too. Uh, there might have been a different outcome there. Of course, they could have just converted in the red zone too. We can turn that around just like we did against Lions fans and uh, say that the Packers should have been better in the red zone. The point is, the Packers are a little bit top-heavy this year. Unless there is an injury, it's probably not that much of a reason for concern. And given how the Packers' top-end players are being used, there may be less of a reason to be concerned about injuries. As we come uh, to number three, then, how is the top end of the Packers' offensive roster being used? I wrote about this way back in the spring, and I thought that Matt LaFleur might be able to extend the shelf life of both uh, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams uh, by just getting them the ball in the passing game a little bit more. Under Mike McCarthy in 2018, Aaron Jones had a disproportionately high number of his touches come as run. 85% of his touches were runs. And uh, Jamal Williams was right there with him. 84% of his touches were runs. Both were a lot higher than other comparable high-end backs. Here's what I wrote at the time. Quote, as expected, Alvin Kamara and Christian McCaffrey ran the ball on only about 65% of the touches. More than a third of the time they touched the ball, it came in space when they have a chance to match up against corners and safeties as opposed to defensive linemen and linebackers. But Jones runs the ball on more than 85% of his touches, the third most among top backs in the league. At 5'9 and 207 pounds, his, his usage rate is closer to that of Tennessee's hulking Derrick Henry, who's uh, 6'3, 247 pounds, than the more physically comparable Kamara and McCaffrey. I wrote again, if, jo- if Lafleur can get Jones and Williams more involved through the air, it could lessen the physical toll both endure. Well, that has sort of played out in 2019 so far, but not quite to the extent that it does with Alvin Kamara and Christian McCaffrey. In 2019, both Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams are a lot more involved in the passing game, but their numbers still could be a little bit better. Aaron Jones has run the ball on just 78% of his touches so far this year, uh, and that that number is changing too over time. Over his last four games, it's been just over 70% of his touches have come on runs. The same is true for Jamal Williams, who's who's down to just 73% of his touches coming on runs. I think this is a really good development for the Packers offense because it not only uh, saves a little bit of wear and tear on both Jones and Williams, but it also uh, gives them more ways to attack opposing defenses, both of which are really good things. The net net of all this is that, yes, indeed, the Packers offense is significantly different than it was in 2018. There's a lot of different things that you can point to. They're running the ball more. Uh, Where they're running the ball from is different, and they're getting more people involved in different ways than they were in 2018. And I think we're starting to see this offense really come together as we have over the past two or three weeks. And I think there may be a collective oh-shoot moment coming for the NFL if the, the Packers can really continue to get their offense clicking. The Packers are and probably always will be, still defined by their offense. No matter how good their defense is, it's still going to be Aaron Rodgers and the offense that define the Packers. And that'll probably define how far they go if and when they reach the playoffs. Early returns in 2019 show that's a pretty good thing. And I'm excited to see how they continue to develop over the next couple weeks as they play a variety of different opponents. Um, especially as they head into a more road-heavy portion of their schedule. 
Give me your thoughts. I want to hear about what you think about how the offense is changing. Leave us a, a tweet, a Facebook message, or whatever. Reach out to us. We do appreciate your thoughts. That's all I've got for you on this episode. If you like what you heard, leave us a rating and a review on iTunes or whatever podcast platform uh, you use to listen to Blue 58. We do appreciate you supporting the show that way. We will see you in just a little bit in, I guess, the, the second half of our double album here. Um, we'll do a little bit more comprehensive rundown of how you can reach us in that one. Until then, I've been your host, John Meerdink. We'll see you next time, very soon, on Blue 58.